So when I was looking to transfer, it was um, a lot of one-on-one -on -one, and it didn't feel like I got lost in a huge university because I knew that if I came here, there was going to be someone I could talk to about every aspect of the courses I needed to take, but also too, I loved the smaller classroom sizes and I liked how interactive and immersive all of the learning was going to be. It wasn't just going to be me sitting in a room with a couple hundred people and a professor who didn't know my name. To find out more about transferring to William Peace University, visit peace.edu. Little Lizzo on this Wednesday afternoon. You're listening to 99.9 The Fan. I'm Luis Fernandez. He's Dennis Cox. Dennis, say hi to the people. Hello to the people. Uh, you know, I, I haven't talked to you since we had the whole, uh, since you went to the Lizzo concert. How did that go? Was that fun? It was a fantastic time. Yeah. Absolutely amazing. Heck yeah. That was a crazy stretch you had there going on. Yeah. Lizzo on Wednesday last week. Thursday was game five, working that, broadcasting live out there. Then Friday, Stevie Nicks, back-to-back-to-back days at PNC Arena. Wouldn't have traded it for anything else. Yeah, cool place to be, PNC Arena. That's yeah. What, that's what the Carolina Hurricanes are thinking as they get ready to get the Eastern Conference Finals started tomorrow, 8 p.m. Going to be a fun time. It's, it's also been a crazy stretch for athletics, professional athletics in the state of North Carolina. Charlotte Hornets getting the number two pick, falling just uh, just short of the Victor Wembenyama uh, fiasco, the sweepstakes, if you will. But a whole lot to talk about here. We're going to yep. start with our top three stories here on 99.9 The Fan. Let's get started with the ACC business meetings. Talking, uh, I'm not a businessman, I'm a businessman, Dennis Cox. All right. Uh it's been interesting to see uh, what's kind of come out of the meetings that the ACC holds every sure. year right around this time. What's the hotel they're staying at this year? It's what? down in Amelia Island. I'm not sure what the hotel it is. I'm sure it's very fancy, very it's, nice, very expensive. It's very nice. Uh, everything we've heard, though, from mm -hmm. the, the meetings is it was a bit of a, a hectic time. Voices being raised, tempers flaring, if yeah. you will, but maybe for the better. So I, apparently this is the reports that are coming out that some of the the Magnificent Seven that we heard about on Monday, which was Florida State, Clemson, Miami, Virginia, Virginia Tech, North Carolina, North Carolina State. These seven schools that apparently over the last several months have had lawyers combing through the grant of rights agreement that the Atlantic Coast Conference has with all of its full-time member schools. And apparently the other seven, we'll just call them the other seven, the Unmagnificent That's so rude. Yeah, the Unmagnificent Seven. Apparently, we're calling out people today. There's some shouting going back and forth, apparently. Some voices were raised. Some choice four-letter words being thrown out as well. Good. Let people air out their grievances. I think this is actually a good thing. Because now we actually know how people stand and how people feel. Sometimes these things get too stuffy, I feel like. But you know what? Let it all out. I don't care. Let it all out. No, I mean, sometimes sometimes you have to get mad before anything is actually accomplished. Sure. And a big part of what they're getting mad about is just the ACC's standing as a conference, as a whole, yeah. in the in the bigger athletics picture of the world. You have the the SEC and the the Big Ten running away with so much of the attention, so much of the money. Uh, the gap continuing to widen between the the haves and have a little lesses, mm -hmm. if you will. Not to call the ACC have nots because they're not they're not there. I they're they're still third. They're, yeah, they're solid in terms third. of conferences with money being brought in via television revenue and other media rights, you're still third. I know, granted, there's a big gap between the SEC and the Big Ten with the ACC, but it's not like you're the 
not you're not the SoCon here. No. Okay. Let's let's not like we're not we're not starving. You're not the Pac-12 here. No. Oh, gosh. Oh, oh. Um. <laughs> no. It's uh part of what was being talked about today specifically were some. Uh, numbers of models still on the table for the league officials, what they're calling uh, success initiatives. Uh, so things that could, for example, making the college football playoff, adding to the the revenue annually that, that those teams would have for their successes. So to provide a little more context on this, Lewis, is that yes. the way things are right now in the ACC is that everyone gets the same amount of money. Yes. All right, whether that's coming from... Television and media money. Which is the mo- with a majority of it coming a from that. vast majority of it comes from. But when, for example, we saw a couple years ago when North Carolina and Duke make it to the Final Four, everyone's getting like all the money that is generated from these schools advancing far in the tournament, money goes to the conference. Well, all that money then gets evenly distributed to all the schools in the conference. So even though, for example, this year Miami is the one that made a run to the Final Four, all that money that's generated because of them, how far they advance, goes equally out to every school. So now they're looking at a model based off of, okay, if you advance further, Clemson, you go to the college football playoff or even college football national championship, the money that comes in from that, you're going to get a larger portion of it. Yeah. Which means, yeah, you generated the money because you got this far, therefore you should get a larger chunk. I'm okay with that. I, I am too. I'm fascinated by all of this. Uh, and we're going to have Brian Murphy coming up in a little bit to talk a little bit more. Let's go to our second top story of the day. Canes, Panthers, Florida Panthers, Carolina Hurricanes. Try not to mix up the the locations and the mascots too much. Game one is tomorrow. Could be looking at a possible return here for Mr. Teravinen coming from that broken hand injury about a little less than 30 days ago. Is that right? It was roughly around that time. It was. It's hard to believe that it was game one from regretfully the series against the the New York Islanders. Game one. Yeah. Which like, oh wait, that was two series ago. It was literally a month ago. The, the Stanley Cup playoffs. It, it's same with all of these playoffs where you have the seven game series. It just it feels like time escapes you and it just floats off into the abyss. And, and that's what's happened here. But yeah, Tara Vine coming back would be massive for the Carolina Hurricanes, as you've seen him slowly over the past several skates uh, progress from you know getting that non-contact jersey on, finding his way into the third line. It's been cool to see his progress from that perspective. And even though the whole schedule situation was uh, rather annoying, in my opinion, having to wait so long to find out when exactly the Hurricanes would play, it's given Teravine plenty of time to rest up and, and get himself ready. One thing yeah. that head coach Rod Brindamore said was that they want to make sure they're not just putting him in the game to put him in the game. They want him to play well. They want him to play efficiently. They want him to be himself. So, And we have a sound from Brindamore talking about just that right now. Well, hopefully he's going to play. You know, I haven't even talked to him since he cut off the ice, but you know, we'll, we'll probably morning skate and make the determination after that. But he looked good. So where he goes, I'm not even sure yet, but... You know, he's probably um, going to play with one of those guys, you know, on the top somewhere. I mean, obviously. So, and then I'm sure it'll change, you know, might not game to game, but it's, it'll change as we as we know. So it's more just if he can go and he feels like he's, you know, ready, ready, then, you know, he'll be in there. Dennis, what do you think? Do you think Tara Vinan could be ready, ready? My thing is if you're practicing full and you're – you're skating, for example, today he skated on a line with Jordan Stahl and Martin Natchez. You don't put him there unless you think he absolutely is 100% ready to go. So 
like Rod said, he's going to skate in the morning. We'll see how it goes. Morning skate. But I, I expect him to see him in the lineup tomorrow, which is not the good news on the health front is not something Carolina Hurricanes have been hearing much lately. So I think it's great to see him back in the lineup. Again, we'll see how effective he is. He hasn't played in a month, but I'm okay with it. 100% okay with him coming back in the lineup. If he can just simply pass the puck, put him back in the lineup. Yeah, that's I, I agree. Kind of seeing the tides turn a little bit there. Let's go and wrap up now with our third top story of the day. The Charlotte Hornets. There were two... Two ping-pong balls left to draw. Two cards left to go. The Spurs and the Hornets. Who would get Victor Wembanyama? And it is going to go to the San Antonio Spurs. Mm. So close. Had to settle for second. Poor, so poor Charlotte Hornets. Oh, you no. saw going to get the second overall pick. It's amazing that Carolina, the Panthers, got the number one overall pick. And now the Charlotte Hornets are getting the number two overall pick in the NBA draft. Pretty, pretty awesome. And... You better get this one right. You do. You better. You better get you better. this one right. Well, Mitch Kupchak, better get this one right. Well, there's because there's so much. Whether you're talking about Lamelo Ball and his his contract, his situation, the roster as a whole, trying to take advantage of the windows that you have available to you. And now, I mean, it's it kind of comes down to your preference, right? You got Scoot Henderson or Brandon Miller. Now, I'm I'm sure there won't be too many conversations about what to do with that moving forward. Thank you for listening to the Best of the Drive podcast. I'm Tim Donnelly here with Coach Pete of Capital Financial Advisory Group. Coach, is it still true that a million is enough to retire on? Tim, maybe and maybe not. The most important thing is to get a real plan that gives you income you never outlive. We'll give that away to the next 10 people. Call right now. The number to call, 800-691-3215. Text TIM to 600-700 if you're interested in texting. Once again, that phone number is 800-691-3215 or text TIM to 600-700 for that deal. The man that can clear things up, joining us here on the Geeser Automotive Group Hotline, Brian Murphy, WRL Sports Investigative Reporter, joining us here on the Geeser Automotive Group Hotline. All right, Brian, let me ask you this first. Uh, is the ACC done? Because apparently a lot of people are staying late. The ACC's Bye. over with. It's over. It's done. Please tell me everything is going to be okay. Uh, I think everything's going to be okay, at least for the end of the decade. I, I, 2030 is when I think all of this is going to hit the fan for real, um, in large part because all the other conferences are going to have their TV media rights deals come up once again, and the ACC's not. The ACC's locked in through 2036. So I think whatever scare happened this week is a little premature. It's, you know, you, you keep on throwing that date around 2036. I mean, my my goodness, that feels like forever from now. Um, Brian, any idea what the uh, the choice four-letter words that were reportedly being throwing, thrown around were? Any 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 clue on that one? I don't. I don't. I, I think we can all probably guess. And don't repeat uh, them. We still have the SEC to get to deal with, okay? I mean, the commissioner was just on, you know, ESPN reported there were some contentious meetings. The, the commissioner was just on the ACC network and, and <laughs> sounded like a marriage counselor in some ways talking about how this is healthy. It's good for us to go through moments like this because it, you know, it leads to breakthroughs on the other side. And these are healthy conversations. I, I certainly, it sounds like if Phillips wasn't um, caught off guard by these reports of these small groups getting together to discuss the grander rights, then, then maybe some ath- other athletic directors were. Um, he says he welcomes people to come to Greensboro to look at the media rights contract and, and try to figure out the grant of rights. And maybe they can find another way to make money uh, when they look at that document. But certainly not good news when a group of seven schools is, is talking amongst itself and looking for a way to get out of the grant of rights. 
Brian Murphy, WRL Sports Investigative Reporter, joining us here in the Heaster Automotive Group Hotline. Now, Brian, we've heard about schools trying to go through the grant of rights agreement a lot over the last basically year and a half, two years, and no one has found anything yet. Are they going to find anything at this point new? Because it seems like things are ironclad with what this grant of rights is, and these schools can try and look any way possible to get out of it, but I just don't see it happening. What I keep coming back to is Texas and Oklahoma were bound by the grant of rights and they're not leaving until their grant of rights is over. They may have been able to negotiate, I think, a one-year early exit, but USC and UCLA, they're not leaving until their grant of rights is over. It really feels like if UCLA and USC and Texas and Oklahoma couldn't find a way out of their grant of rights, then I don't think North Carolina and Florida State and Clemson are going to find a way out of their grant of rights. I mean, these agreements were drawn together to keep the conference together, and they've done their job. This, The only way the ACC could get its ACC network was to sign this grant of rights and to bind these schools together, and that's precisely you know what it's done. They all signed this agreement in good faith, and, and now several years into it, they're all looking for a way out. You bring up the, the marriage counseling aspect of, of all this. Uh, is there anything that they can do to to make it work between now and and twenty thirty six? Like Dennis and I were were joking, like yeah, let's let's start getting some sponsorships on the on the side of helmets. Let's let's get like some deals like that. Start selling t shirts, maybe a bake sale or something to raise more money. What, what can they do to the close of this gap? Well, the big thing they talked about this week, and and it's been ongoing. I've written stories about this. Bubba Cunningham was a member of this subgroup. Um, what they're calling the success initiative. And that would be not to take the television money because they don't want to cut anybody's pay. But if a team makes it to the college football, the expanded college football playoff, or if teams are accumulating lots and lots of NCAA credits from the, from the basketball tournament, that they would be able to keep a greater portion of that. Um, They wouldn't have to necessarily share it 15 ways. Um, They would be able to keep a, a larger portion of that. And that may help some teams, that have success on the field to close that gap with the SEC and the Big Ten. You're, you're never going to get rid of that gap. I mean, that gap's going to probably grow to 40, you know, 30 to $40 million here in the next year or two. Um, but it, is it a way to reward teams that are investing and having a lot of success on the field? It seems like they've sort of coalesced around some, some agreements on, on that, and maybe it took a, the splinter group to kind of push some of the other schools in that direction. But it does feel like coming out of this meeting, they have made progress on, on the unequal revenue distribution part. Uh, as to your other part, I think the ACC needs to be open to all kinds of stuff. They need to be open to anything that would generate revenue, uh, you know, uh, uniform uniform patches like they've done in the NBA and, and Major League Baseball. Sure, why not? I mean, anything that would generate additional revenue, I think they need to try to be at the forefront of that and, and not bound by tradition. Well, and it's it's something too. I reading the ESPN article earlier today. It's it's not just the the thirty to forty million dollar gap. It's the compounding element of that. That's thirty to forty million dollars every year. That's more time for the the haves to become the have mores and put the Big Ten and the SEC way over the map compared to the ACC. Yeah, and think about everything that's happening in college athletics. Courtney Bangart, who she's the women's basketball coach at UNC, said something at the ACC tip off that that has really stuck with me. She said, you know. If your school is making this much money, then you can pour all that money into facilities. You can pour that into coaching salaries. You can pour it into all the things you want. That unleashes your donors to do NIL. You know, but if you're counting on your donors to build your facilities, you're counting on your donors to pay buyouts for coaches, 
um, then then they can't be giving as much money to NIL. But if you have so much television revenue that you can you can take care of all your facilities, all of your needs with that, that frees up all your donors to do NIL. So you're right, it does start to compound. Uh, if I don't need to use this money here, you know, I can use it over there. And, and you start to, you get into this arms race that, that the ACC teams simply can't win. Brian Murphy, WRL Sports Investigative Reporter, joining us here on the Heaster Automotive Group Hotline alongside Luis Fernandez, Dennis Cox here with you. Now, we heard about the Magnificent Seven. How many schools would actually would it take to, for lack of a better term, almost dissolve the ACC? If we got a vast majority that said, no, we're out, how many schools would it take to actually splinter this thing up if they really wanted to go that route? Or is that so even possible? Well, we don't know, but this is where the ACC is. You know, that grant of rights is mm-hmm. not public. We, we acquired a copy of the earlier grant of rights, and that's, you know, that's on WRL.com and, and other, other media outlets. But the current grant of rights is not public. Uh, the ACC why? bylaws <laughs> are not public, which is why you hear about people having to go to Greensboro to look at this, bring your lawyers or bring your school officials to Greensboro to look at this. It's because it's not public. Uh, UNC or NC State doesn't have a copy of it because if they had a copy of it, we could request it and get it and it would be public. So the, the conference has kept that under lock and key. I do know that like to change the revenue sharing, for example, it takes mm-hmm. 10 out of the 15. Okay. So does it take a simple majority, eight out of 15 to dissolve the conference? Does it take two thirds vote, uh, 10 out of 15? I mean, the other thing is ESPN has the conference locked down for a long time. I don't think they're going to go quietly into the night sure. and just let the ACC dissolve. Yeah. Yeah, and why why isn't the if, – if there are public schools that are getting money from the ACC or ESPN regarding with grant of rights and, and money being distributed to them, if they're public universities, why isn't this available to them publicly and also available to the public if public universities are receiving this money? Yeah, I mean, the money – the only reason we know what the ACC gets or distributes to each, uh, to each school – is because they have to file 990 forms. They're a nonprofit. You have mm-hmm. to file a 990 form with the IRS. And that's the only way through, I've studied those documents. I have 20 years worth of those documents for every Power Five conference. Uh, that's the only way I can find to, to see what they get from television revenue, what they get from NCAA tournament revenue, what the conference actually distributes to each individual school is through those 990 forms. Um, because they are simply a party to that contract and, and not the possessor of it, I think the ACC is able to keep that document on hand and, and not make it public. But um, that, that's probably a fight worth having mm-hmm. uh, from media outlets. But, uh, you know, I'm not sure anyone, you know, that's court fees and lawyers. The, the lawyers never lose. So That's that's very true. <laughs> Brian Murphy, give him a follow on Twitter, at MurphsTurf. Follow his work on WRL.com and WRLSportsFan.com. Thanks for your time and thanks for keeping us informed. Yeah, no problem. Thanks, guys. For the ones who work hard to ensure their crew can always go the extra mile, and the ones who get in early so everyone can go home on time, there's Granger, offering professional-grade supplies backed by product experts so you can quickly and easily find what you need. Plus, you can count on access to a committed team ready to go the extra mile for you. Call, click Granger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done.